This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, coming to you live from the Oyo Hotel and Casino. The Underground Lounge is the location. Myself, my man Danny's by my side. got my man DeMont Cotton back in the home studio. And we're going to be with you for Monday Night Football again here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino Underground Lounge. Always a fun place for us to be each and every Monday night. I definitely encourage you to come on by, have a lot of hookup for you. And when I mean I got a lot of hookup, I mean I got a lot of hookup. Raider Nation Radio 920 t-shirts, got some cups, koozies, hooters, calendars for 2022 so you can start to plan your next year uh, accordingly. So come on down, get hooked up. We're going to be watching a fantastic game tonight, one that I'm very highly anticipating, Buffalo and the New England Patriots. First place is on the line in the AFC East. It's going to be an ugly weather game. I'm glad I'll be watching it on TV and not be in attendance. I don't do well with cold. Hell, I don't do very well with the cold that's going on here in Las Vegas. I woke up a couple mornings ago and was like, well, my life, it's a little cold. I turn the heater on or something. So it's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. It's going to be pretty ugly uh, there tonight as uh, Buffalo takes on the New England Patriots. Again, first place on the line. It's just incredible to me to see what New England's been able to do this year with a rookie quarterback. They're on a six-game winning streak right now with a, a rookie quarterback. It's, hard, it's a hard pill to swallow, especially when Raider Nation is coming off of a, a, a day when the Silver and Black lose a game that they really needed to have and really couldn't get anything going. I mean, you want to talk about a snooze fest. That, uh, the Raiders' offensive explosion or lack of explosion on Sunday was an absolute snooze fest. And I've heard a lot of Raider Nation. I've seen a lot of tweets, seen a lot of texts, got a lot of calls, voicemail, all, all that. I understand the frustration as everyone woke up this morning and realizes the Silver and Black are 6-6 six and six on the season with a handful of AFC games left to go, including the Kansas City Chiefs, who will be up next on Sunday. But... A rough, a rough showing for the Silver and Black. But I am interested in tonight's Monday Night Football game. I really am. I think it's going to be a really good one. So if you're going to look to get out and shake a little something-something and come on out and, and, and watch the game, this is the place to be. Uh, a lot of great food specials, a lot of great drink specials. And, uh, of course, got my uh, triple-double diamond machine uh, that I realize is a penny machine. So you're probably not going to win a whole lot. But, hey, if you want to just spend a little bit, it's all good. You know, you want to drop in a couple dollars, you might walk away with a couple more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Either way, uh, it's, 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 it's fun and entertaining uh, to be here at the OYO. We definitely appreciate them for having us each and every Monday here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Coming up on today's show, got some good guests that I'm always excited about. Coming up at 2.30, Jim Plunkett, two-time Super Bowl champion. He joins us each and every Monday, or he, he joins us following – each and every Raider game, let's put it like that, because there's been a couple times where it's been a Tuesday because the Raiders have played on Monday. But win, lose, tie, Jim Plunkett, the two-time Super Bowl champ, he'll join the show. And so he's going to join us at 2.30. It was his birthday yesterday. Thought that was kind of cool. I don't know how I felt, actually, to be honest. I thought it was kind of cool that the crowd at Allegiant Stadium sang happy birthday to him. But then I kind of also didn't get the football vibe. You know what I mean? It was just took a took a, a break to sing happy birthday i mean he's deserving of it don't get me wrong but it just i don't know the football vibe i, I just kind of lost it a little bit 
uh, when they did that. But I know it was a great honor for Jim. So not trying to take anything away from him, but it was just it was kind of a weird moment. Again, I, I think the intent was awesome. Uh, just kind of weird at a football game. But they did. Uh, had everyone sing happy birthday to Jim Plunkett uh, yesterday at the game. So uh, he'll join us at 2.30 to talk about that and talk about what he saw, particularly from the offense. And I guarantee you one of the things he'll point out, and I'll ask him probably the first question I ask him is the lack of north and south passes. You know, it, it was all east and west. It was all sideline to sideline. I remember tweeting out early in the game, I don't understand what the game plan is here. I don't. DeMond, who's back in the home studio, we spent all Sunday morning – doing a pregame pregame show talking about you got to got to take shots got to have uh, uh, some some big time plays they had one big explosive play one and it wasn't even that big and explosive it was 34 yard completion to Foster Moreau and that was it there it took a couple other shots later in the game but for the most part in the first half there was no shots none Derek Carr had 80 something yards passing in the first half on 15 of 19 I told uh, Clay Baker for the morning tailgate who was sitting next to me, I said, yeah, that'd be, that'd be a good stat line if he was a running back. You know, 15 or 19 carries for 80 yards. That would have been great in the first half if you're a running back. Throwing for 80 yards on 15 completions? You do the math. I ain't never been the smartest dude in the world. But I'll tell you right now, that average ain't very good. That's a handful of yards. Like what, four? Five. Danny corrected me. He's a UNLV proud alum. I got a GED, good enough diploma. So every once in a while, our one number is off. <laughs> you said five, I said four. Close enough. It's not very good. Let's put it like that. But, DeMond, we spent the whole, the whole entire pregame, pregame show talking about they have to take some deep shots. You mentioned it in some of your keys to victory. Got to be deep shots. The Washington football team gives up the deep ball. They're not very good on third down. Well, damn it, they were good on third down on defense on Sunday, and they didn't give up any big plays. What were your thoughts when you saw that? That they kind of played right into Washington's hand. That Because we, we were saying on the pre-pregame show that, hey, it's going to be a boring game. They're going to want to control time of possession, and that's what they were doing. Right, right. No, you're, boring you're, football. Right, no, they, they did, and that's what they want to do. They want to hold on to the rock. They don't want to do anything fancy. They want to run the ball uh, from the very jump, from the very beginning of the game. If you notice, even running backs, they weren't running out of bounds. Even wide receivers, when they caught passes, they weren't running out of bounds. They're like, hey, click, 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 tick, 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 tick. Let that thing keep rolling, even though it was like the first quarter. didn't matter. They want to have that time of possession. They want to keep your offense on the sideline, and that's what they're going to do, and that's exactly what they did, but – I feel like, because we had mentioned multiple times on the game, or on the pregame show about the game, that it was going to be tough sledding to, to not be able to run the ball that well because, well, Washington has a really good run defense. I almost feel like the Raiders respected Washington's defense too much. You know what I mean? You know, you can, I can respect you, but I don't respect you to the point where you're intimidating me. You know what I mean? And it almost felt like, that they respected them too much, and they gave them too much credit for having a, a, a really good defense. They have a good defense. They don't have a great defense. They're really good at stopping the run. They're not great at eliminating the big play. That goes back to that old Al Davis saying, right, we're not going to take what the defense gives us. We're going to take what we want. That mentality was not injected into their veins yesterday. They did not take what they wanted. They barely took what the defense allowed them. Because, again, a lot of sideline-to-sideline stuff, a lot of 
you know, third and sixth, and it's a it's a one-yard pass, and, oh, I hope Josh Jacobs could break this tackle. Josh Jacobs had nine catches. Nine catches for, like, 38 yards. How often does Josh Jacobs have nine catches? And I'm not discrediting him. He get, did everything he could. Had about 50-something yards on the ground and 30-something yards, you know, receiving. He did everything he could. But, man, at some point, you've just got to say, I'm not going to check it down anymore. I'm going to line Deshaun Jackson up one-on-one with William Jackson or whoever the, the case may be, and I'm going to dare them to beat me. I'm going to take a shot, and if, the, if he makes a play, then I tip my cap and say, good job. And if he doesn't make a play, then we got a big play. At some point, you just have to go out there and say, I'm going to take this. You're not going to stop me. And, again, if they stop you, cool. Then they got you. At least they earned it. But don't be intimidated of them. You know, and they act like they were uh, in the early 90s in the, in the, in the ring with uh, Mike Tyson, just trying to run like little, you know, what was Mike Tyson's punch out back in the day where you just tried to avoid getting hit. That's what it looked like. They were, they were little Mac. They were trying to avoid getting hit because one hit from Tyson would knock you out. That's what it looked like they were trying to do. Shout out to all my Nintendo users. They'll, res- they'll respect, that, uh, they'll respect that, uh, that, that, that analogy right there. I don't know. It was frustrating. It was really frustrating. But Jim Plunkett will talk to us at 2.30 and, and talk about what he saw. One of our guests that we'll have today. Coming up at 3 o'clock, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, also the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He'll join the show. He was in the press box with us. I know he's got his thoughts. He was in the media session following the game. And I'll tell you, I learned a lot in that media session. There's sometimes that DeMond was there. DeMond was handing out the microphone. And it's so funny because DeMond was standing near me. And I, I, I promise you, I felt like at least, DeMond, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I felt like you were just – all right, Q's going to ask for the mic at any moment now. And then I never did. No, you didn't. Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> because sometimes I don't need to ask a question to learn a lot. And Sunday night was that case. I learned a lot, especially in the Josh Jacobs presser, more than I would have if I had asked any questions. When he started talking, and there was a couple questions that were asked early that I was going to ask, but since they were asked earlier, there's no reason to repeat myself. But I, I did hear some some things in Josh Jacobs' presser that kind of made me say, hmm, okay. Found it to be interesting. And I like how Josh Jacobs really approaches things. He's kind of a, I don't want to say a no-nonsense dude, but he'll tell you what he feels. And you'll, you'll learn a lot. I remember I asked Cassie Soto and Heidi Fang immediately after the presser. I said, was it me or did you tell us a whole lot without telling us a whole lot? And they both looked at me and said, yeah, no, he absolutely did. Found it really interesting. Matter of fact, one of the sound bites, one of the sound bites from Josh Jacobs, I'm going to go ahead and play it right now. It's going to kind of set the tone for the show. Was just about the frustrations of getting off to these slow starts. You know, how frustrating is it to get off to these slow starts? Why is this happening? It's very frustrating. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely very frustrating, really annoying, really. Um, just starting slow every week, I feel like, um, and, and taking too long to, to, to be who we are um, is it, definitely frustrating, and I kind of voiced that a little bit today. So that was, that was very interesting when he said how frustrating it was and that he voiced that, and I believe Adam Hill followed up with that and asked about how he, what he said, uh, how did he voice his frustrations, what was going on in that setting. Um, 
Uh, I mean, I just come to the offensive line um, and and to the receivers and tell them just we gotta we gotta be who we are or who we think we are, um, and we gotta have some juice and some energy and some 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 type of swag to us. Um, I feel like we come in just stiff and, and, and dull in games sometimes, um, and I don't feel like it should take somebody having a big play for everybody to take to that mindset of of, of wanting to be on that. So. That's kind of just where I, I was at with it. Um, Kirby used to tell me all the time, um, inspire the guys with how you play and the effort that you put on the field. And that's what I try to do. But some some games, it just be like, I don't know. <laughs> so there's Josh Jacobs, and he always, he always finishes what he has to say with either I don't know or yeah. It's always one thing that I notice from Josh. I love it. He always, you know, he'll, he'll get into his explanation, then he'll say, yeah. <laughs> and that's when it's like, okay, that's a wrap. That, that's a wrap on that question. That's all I got to say about that. But you know, coming into the game dull, stiff. That's how he's describing what his team is doing on the regular, and that's what they've done all season long. They've started games dull and stiff. Me and Demond were talking about it on the pre-pre show yesterday. That I got into a you know a conversation. It wasn't really an argument, but just got into a little debate when we were at the Rockstar on Saturday about how many times the Raiders have have actually scored on their first drive. I thought it was two, and, and my man was like, no, it's three. And it was. It was three. But to think about the fact that we were arguing over two or three, again, not arguing, really debating over two or three, and it's week 13. Week 13. That's all those games, and we're trying to figure out if it was two times they scored on the first drive or three. That lets you know that they're not coming into the game with juice. They're not. And that, I'm sorry, is all on coaching. The coach, I mean, the players have to go execute. Don't get me wrong. The coaches have to be able to get those guys lathered up and fired up coming out of that locker room so their hair's on fire. I used to have a boss back in Central Texas, David Smoke. He used to always say, man, dip your head into a tank of gasoline, light it on fire, come out full throttle. He used to always say that, and that's what he would describe our shows. Like, that's what he wanted us to do. Don't come out, start the show, and be all dull. Don't work your way into a good show. Start out with a good show. And I can only compare it to radio because that's all I know. But that's what the key is, starting the show on fire. That's why when we have a really good first segment, and I try to make sure we have a really good first segment every day, as soon as we go to commercial break, Demond in the studio will tell you, I throw my, I don't throw my headset down, but I put my headset down. I go, that's how you start a blanket show. I say that almost like clockwork every day because that sets the tone. You come out on fire, it's like in baseball. You have a leadoff hitter. You know who that guy is supposed to be? He's supposed to be the tone setter. The leadoff hitter is supposed to come out and get on base and set the tone, right? Ricky Henderson was the greatest leadoff hitter of all time. Argue me with me. It's fine. You'll never win that debate with me. He was a tone setter. Who the hell's the Raiders' tone setter? That's what I want to know. Who's the Raiders' tone setter? Who should be the Raiders' tone setter? Who's the guy who's responsible for them to dip their head into a tank of gasoline Light it on fire and come out full throttle instead of waiting till the freaking third quarter or almost the fourth quarter to decide, hey, you know what? I got some speed on the field. Let me try to throw it there. Who's responsible for that? And I, I look, and I've had this argument with people before that these guys are professionals. They shouldn't need a guy to light them up. They shouldn't need a guy to get them motivated to come out full throttle. Apparently they do. Everyone's not cut the same. Everyone's not a self-starter. Sometimes I have to kick in the backside. I've never been that guy. I'm, I'm really good at firing myself up. 
That's because I was probably an only child. <laughs> I didn't have any options. <laughs> I used to have one-on-one -on -one basketball games against myself, literally one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> I always won. <laughs> I didn't lose, and if I did, that's a problem. If I lost, that's a problem. <laughs> I really never needed that. But, again, everyone's not the same creature, and we're doing two different things. I'm doing radio. They're playing a, a gladiator sport. So I, I, I can never put myself in their shoes. But you get, the, you get the reference. Some people need motivation to get out of bed every day and go to work. I don't. Self-starter. This Raiders team needs a self-starter. This Raiders team needs a tone setter. They need a leadoff hitter. Ricky Henderson is a, is a Raider fan. Maybe they could bring him in. I mean, man, that, that's what they need. They literally need a tone setter. And they don't have it. So Ed Graney will join us at 3 o'clock. At 3.30, we'll have Alexis Cubitt. She covers Clemson for the state. And I just thought I'd have her on. I'm not trying to start no rumors. I'm not trying to be that guy, insider and all. I'm not trying to be that guy. But Dabo Sweeney is in town. Dabo Sweeney was at the Raiders game in Raider gear. Obviously, he's got players on the team. I get that. Raiders do have a coaching uh, opening. I don't believe Rich Passaccia is the guy. I'll tell him to him, his face, not disrespectfully, but, hey, you know, I think that the team would be better going off and getting another head coach, getting a big-time name, someone that can provide some juice, going back to what I was just talking about. And I said, and I said this to Vinny Bonsignor, and I said to Ed Graney, I don't know who they're going to hire, but they need someone like that. Someone that can come in and provide, first of all, proof of what he is doing he, he knows can work. And I get it. That's the college ranks, and this is the NFL. It's different. But they need someone with some juice and a little bit of swagger, like Josh Jacobs said. So now that, you know, Brett Venables, who was the Clemson defensive coordinator, he's gone. He's at Oklahoma as the head coach now. The coaching carousel's moving around, so I'm not really asking if, if Alexis thinks that Dabo's going to be the Raiders' next head coach. I just want to know from Alexis, who covers the Clemson program like a glove, if she thinks Dabo would have any interest in leaving Clemson. Because in my opinion, the only job he really is, is going to leave Clemson for is Alabama. That's, that's just my opinion. But you never know. You never know. So I'll ask her. See what kind of conversations they are, especially since he's got two national championships. His defensive coordinator's gone. Like Ed Grady told me in the press box, what, what really do they have to prove at Clemson? Maybe he's up for another challenge. Maybe he could be the type of guy. I'll say this, and, I, and this was part of not my argument, but my conversation I was having was he's coached a lot of these players. He's coached against a lot of these players. And I would say all those players have his respect and have respect for him. So I don't think that would be a problem. It's not like you're bringing in some guy and you're like, well, who is this Yahoo? I mean, Dabo Sweeney still carries some weight, even though he's a college head coach. His name carries some weight. So we'll ask Alexis about that. Got my man Mickey just hit me. He said, preach, brother. Tone setter. That's right. The Raiders need a tone setter in a major way. So that's the guest lineup that we have coming up. Jim Plunkett, two-time Super Bowl champ, will join us at 2.30. We do have some really good callers on the – Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200 that are waiting patiently to get on and express their opinions. Let's start out in the 510. Let's start in Oakland, California. Rich, what's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's up, Q? Good afternoon. Hey, how you doing, brother? 
Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Not letting this team get to me. That's three seasons in a row. You know, we collapse, but it is what it is. And, uh, you know, it ain't, it ain't no long Derek Carr, but right. the defense kept us in the game yesterday. Yep. Derek Carr and the offense didn't get no points. They just can't get no points. Derek Carr is one of the worst red zone QBs in the league. That's facts. You know what I mean? It's like, it's so frustrating because he literally had Deshaun Jackson open for one TD, and then on the play he went to uh, Foster Moreau in double coverage, he had Zay Jones open for another TD. And I know we can nitpick on every QB misses throws, but Derek's in his eighth year making rookie mistakes. And you know it's bad when, uh, when what's his name, Brian Baldinger, he ends up, he's the most positive guy out there. <laughs> and he, he called it how it was with Derek Carr. He's like, why do you want to get it to Josh Jacobs so bad, Derek? Sling that thing, bro. Like it, it seems like with Derek, that he doesn't want to let it go until it's like the last possible moment in the game when we have to spread the field. And it's not only on him. The coaching is terrible, also. You know. But the thing is that we've had the same quarterback for eight years, and we have not reached the playoffs once, only once in 2016. But that's it. You know. And we we just can't keep going like this, man. This is crazy. It's like insanity. If we bring him back next year and do this all over again, he's a great guy, but it's just like, bro, some, you know, it's, it's an unhealthy, toxic relationship between the Raiders and Derek Carr, and I think it will be best for both sides to part ways. We need a new coach, a new GM, a new quarterback, and it's just like it's so frustrating because we ride or die with this team, and like you said, uh, like Josh Jacobs said, we don't have nobody with no swagger. Derek ain't got no swagger. The quarterback is supposed to be the tone setter. You know, we would have brought Brady over here. I bet you we would have had at least nine wins right now. And that's a fact because Brady makes everybody around him better. You know, and Derek Carr got outplayed by Justin Fields, by a guy named after a beer, by uh, <laughs> who else? By, by, uh, by Daniel Jones outplayed him, man. Yep. Daniel yep. Jones. And then people want to say, oh, no, it's a team game. Okay, well, the Giants – the Washington team and uh, the the Bears they all suck, bro. They all suck. Derek got outplayed by all these quarterbacks. He just doesn't show up. It, we were five and two going into New York. We had the whole season in front of us, and it happened again. Yeah. Late season collapses. Gruden is gone. It's on Derek. It's it's time, bro. It's time. And I'm not trying to sound like oh you know like all emotional like oh I don't know right, what I'm talking you. about. It's just I it's just you. what it is, Q. It's been, it's been long enough, and sometimes, you know, you're in a relationship with somebody, it's not working out, it's better off to split ways. But I appreciate you, and I see you getting your flowers on Twitter from Raiders Twitter. We show in love to you for everything you do. You're the best out, and uh, we'll see what ends up happening. But I'm looking forward to the offseason, brother. Have a good day. All right, Rich, great call, man. Thank you so much. I do appreciate you. And you're right, man, sometimes in a bad relationship, the best thing you could do is remove yourself from that situation, no matter how much it may hurt you. And I can tell you, and I don't, I don't have a whole lot of time to go into details because, uh, you know, we have Jim Plunkett, who's very important, two-time Super Bowl champ coming up in a matter of minutes. But there's been times in my life where I've had to remove myself from certain situations because that is a toxic-type feel. And that toxic feel will, t- will, will do bad things for you, health-wise and everything. So sometimes you do have to remove yourself from that toxic situation. I totally understand where you're coming from. And, you know, one thing that uh, – that, you know, Josh Jacobs had said, and you heard him talk about, uh, you know, it shouldn't have to be a big play that gets you going. You shouldn't have to come out stiff. You should come out with some swagger, like you mentioned. You know, it's just there's, there's parts that, that, and I didn't even play the sound bite yet, where he thought, you know, the team was coasting. What has the team done 
What has the team done and, and played down the competition? That's the other thing. What has this team done and won? That's my biggest question. What has this team won to feel like they got the right to play down to someone's competition? You know what I mean? Like, what exactly have they won that makes them feel like, oh, well, we don't have to really get up for this game because this is an inferior team? I'm just pausing because I'll, I'll just wait because I don't recall. I don't. And that's, that's troubling. It really is. So there's a lot more of this conversation that we're going to have. Please believe that. And the one thing that you said about Derek Carr and, and red zone offense, and, and we'll talk to Jim Plunkett next, and this is something I actually heard JT the Brick say last night as well, and I, I agree with him 100%. The Raiders don't throw the ball into the end zone. They throw the ball short and expect you to break a tackle, and I say you, I mean a player, to break a tackle and score. You've got to throw that thing, like you said, Rich, throw that thing into the end zone. Let it rip. There's a reason why teams have a lot of touchdown passes, because they throw it in the end zone, not throw it at the five and expect someone to make a play, break a tackle or two or 12. You're just playing with fire. Speaking of fire, 225 is the time. Coming up next, Jim Plunkett, the two-time Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP. He was the birthday boy yesterday. The Raiders did not reward him with a, a, a birthday victory, but we'll talk to him, get his thoughts on what he saw, what he was feeling, what he thinks his team could do moving forward. This is Unnecessary Roughness, live at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, Underground Lounge, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the, just the jersey or just the, just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about, it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. <laughs> we are live right now at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge, Monday Night Football action. Going to be a good one tonight. Buffalo and the New England Patriots had a very passionate and energetic first segment talking about tone setters, kind of setting the tone for the show. Two-time Super Bowl champ Jim Plunkett will join the show in a matter of minutes. Sir Whiskey Ray always makes me laugh. Hit me with a good text on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Q, I'm so glad we never got together that one night back in the day in Dublin when you were riding your bike. Actually, you missed out on a beautiful evening of Nintendo. You best believe I had all the top-rated games on Nintendo as well as having the glove for the Nintendo. What could have been, Q? I also wearing a red polo shirt that night for you. Sincerely, that one crazy chick from back in the day in Dublin when you were riding your bike. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And that was Livermore. I had to ride to Livermore. And it wasn't my bike. But it was a, <laughs> it was a heck of a night. That was funny. Good stuff. It's always good to get a good laugh. Thank you for that. Geese Mode hit us up and said, uh, for all of Gruden's issues, it's clear he was a tone setter for the organization, the alpha dog, the face of the franchise, whatever you want to call it. And when he resigned, it took the wind out of all the optimism in the building. This team is still searching for an identity, and their record 6-6 six and six shows the truth of how it's been for a long time. Straight mediocre. I think, Raider, I think Raider Nation can agree we need some fresh juice up and down the organization to, sh to set this ship right at geese mode. And I agree with the juice. They need some juice. I don't know if it's hyphy juice. I don't know if it's juice juice. I don't know, but they need a shot in the arm or something, you know, and, and, and Josh Jacobs alluded to that as well. So 
I'll, I'll throw that out there. I, I, I wasn't intending to have a show question about who needs to be the tone center, but as I started talking, it started making more sense. So as I throw out my show topic, and as, as I mentioned, we're efforting Jim Plunkett to join the show. Who do you think should be the tone setter? Who do you think is the tone setter? Or do the Raiders not have one? I don't believe that the Raiders have a tone setter, and I think that's a problem. When you have as many guys that at some point in their life were all alphas, I mean, think about that. That's the thing about professional football players, professional athletes. At some, at some point in their life, they were all the best at what they do. So we'll get to that because right now on the phone line is the two-time Super Bowl champ, Jim Plunkett, who joins us each and every Monday following a Raiders game. And, Jim, thank you so much for your time. And off top, uh, I, I got to apologize. I want to I wanna wish you a happy birthday, but unfortunately the Raiders didn't reward you with a, a happy birthday celebration. Yeah, it was a sad day uh, yesterday. Uh, the Raiders didn't play quite up to – up to par, they didn't get the end zone enough, too many field goals, and uh, came up short. It was a hard-fought game, you know, not a whole lot of offense by either team, really, you know, just around 300 yards for each team. And, uh, but still, you have some opportunities. You've got to get the ball in the end zone. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And I, I did want to ask you, uh, how did you feel about the whole crowd uh, singing happy birthday to you with that birthday cake in your hand? Uh, it was very it was very heartwarming. It was, uh, it was a good <laughs> feeling. Uh, you know, I appreciate their... Uh, their attitude and, and uh, hope, hopefully their respect for me and for what I helped the Raiders do over the years. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Every time I mention that you're going to be on the show, everyone gets fired up and lets us know that they're excited to hear from you. And I'm always excited to talk to you for multiple reasons. And, and something you've said to me multiple times is, you know, the sidelines, the horizontal passes, they got to get rid of that and start going down the field, getting the ball in the end zone. And, and the, the Raiders just aren't doing that. Do you see a particular thing? Did you see anything in that game from Washington that they were doing so well that stopped Derek and that offense from stretching the field? Uh, you know, it's you know, it's, normally that usually comes down to pressure uh, by the defensive line and, and or if they blitz uh, that as well. You know, you put pressure on a quarterback. Uh, sometimes he just doesn't have enough time. But you know, you got to hang in there as long as you can and try and find somebody down the field because eventually our guys can beat no matter who's covering them. Uh, if, if the quarterback's given enough time, you know, he completed 28 passes for just 249 yards. And you know, sometimes that just does not get it done. That means a lot of short passes were thrown. A lot of passes came up short for first downs. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you just got to take your chances down that field and, and get them weary about somebody getting behind them. And that's what I kind of was alluding to earlier in the show is, you know, Al Davis said that we're not going to take what the defense gives us. We're going to take what we want. At some point, I feel like they got to have that mentality. Yeah, oh, no doubt. You know, uh, you know, Washington's a good defensive ball club. Uh, you know, they show up each and every week uh, playing pretty good D. And uh, you know, so what kind of thing? You know, uh, your attitude is stretch that field. Get the you've got the receivers to be able to get down the field. At uh, least put the fear of God in them that you're going to go by them. You know, normally they're waiting for you to run a pass up a route underneath them, and, and they come up and make the tackle. But you got to put some uh, a little bit of uh, fear in them that you're going to go by them at any given play talking right now with the two-time Super Bowl champion Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920 and you know uh, something that Josh Jacobs said last night in the post-game media session was he said that the team needed uh, like a spark or some swagger it came out he said they come out and, and they're just they're stiff they're not playing fired up how do you get the team lathered up and, and coming out of the locker room with your hair on fire how do you get them to jump and get that jump start and get going early well, you know, it all stems from the leaders on the football team. Some guys are quiet. Some guys are the team leaders and, and always have something to say. And, you know, that's part of it. And then it's going out there and doing your job. Uh, you know, it, it, 
took him a long time to get on the board. Uh, very sluggish offensively. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's not the Raider way, so to speak, is to use some old terms. Uh, you know, go after him. Uh, put the fear of God in them that you're going to go buy them on any uh, on any passing route, and uh, you know they'll lay off. Once they get beat deep, uh, they're going to be hanging back a little bit further, and you know that that's the attitude that you know you have to have offensively. You know, and and your head coach Tom Flores wasn't a big rah rah guy. He was a pretty quiet guy, but you guys were right. You guys came out of that locker room right. Was that the combination of the coaching and the players? Was that the players just self starters? What was the reason why you guys came out lathered up? Well, I think we had a lot of self-starters. I guess you have a good point there. You know, guys who uh, were fired up uh, from the get-go. Uh, you know, and the coach puts you in the right frame of mind. There's no doubt about it. You know, John, John Madden was, you know, a yeller and a screamer, and, you know, that's the way he motivated his players. Tom was, a, you know, a, a calm influence on the team, but he was a very determined kind of guy, and you get that feeling that, you know, he got you ready for this ball game. Now go out and play the way you practice, and, you know, you're going to win a football game. What do you think Coach Flores would tell this bunch right now with the handful of AFC games left? They're six and six. What would what would he tell them to try to get them right and prepare for this home stretch? Well, you know, you've got an opportunity to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, uh, concentrate on your job uh, each and every play when you're out there on the practice field, and then execute when you once you take the field. Uh, you know, make sure that you know what you're supposed to do on each and every play, and get the job done. You know, uh, and you know. When the quarterback doesn't have enough time to throw, he's got to dump it off. And so the offense has got to get the mindset that, you know, you know they've got to block tougher, not let pressure get to the quarterback so he has time to find his receivers downfield. And, uh, you know, everybody's got to do their job. And that's basically how you approach it. You know, uh, nobody wants to give up a sack, so they're, they're determined not to let anybody get to the quarterback on the offensive line. Uh, the receivers got to get open. And, you know, everybody just do their job. Talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Something else that has stood out to me in a major way is that the Raiders don't have a great win-loss record at home right now at Allegiant Stadium. How important is that, Jim, to establish that, that home field advantage by winning games, not just having fans there, but winning games and making it a place that teams know there's a good chance they're going to lose when they walk in your building? Uh, you know, I think that's a very important point. Uh, you know, make sure that, you know, you win those home games. Uh, you're in front of your own fans. You don't have to travel. You know, so some of those things on, on benefit the home team, obviously. And, and the Raiders got to get a little tougher at home. Um, you know, I don't know what it is. You know, hopefully it's not uh, too many distractions in Las Vegas. Uh, but, you know, it's important to win at home. Uh, make sure that, you know, n- nobody steps on your field, comes away a winner. And, uh, you, know, that's, you know, that's also a mindset. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked about mindset a few times. We talked about it in the red zone. We talked about it just in general, just taking, you know, taking what you want instead of what the defense is giving you. Right. It, it, to, to me, it's just it, it's like the defense held them, held, you know, were close enough. They, they kept them in the game, and then they just couldn't get anything generated. It felt like to me that they played into the hands of Washington's defense. Yeah, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, come away with touchdowns, not field goals, uh, and – Put the other team, uh, put a little fear of God in the other team uh, when you get inside the 20-yard line. Uh, you know, I think that's very important. And, you know, so for some reason the Raiders just haven't been able to do that. One of the big keys to the game I had going into it was at some point you're just going to have to take a chance. You know, sometime it's going to be a fourth and three. You're just going to have to go for it instead of settle for that field goal. Do you think that the team offensively should be taking a few more chances, like, like I said, on a fourth down or so? Uh, you know, I, well, on the fourth down, it depends on where you're on the field and, and and how the game stands at that point. But, but I'm with you on putting the ball down the field. You know, uh, 
Derek Carr had 28 completions, but really only for 249 yards. When you have that many completions, you know, you're going to be, you know, in the 300s almost for sure. But there's a lot of lateral uh, passing. Uh, it's a lateral passing game to a certain extent. And, you know, to me, that's not just getting the, the, the job done. You, you've got to take your chances down the field. If you connect, great, but at least you're going to have them play off you the next time uh, you call a pass play. And, uh, you know, it's very important to find those those seams down the field. And you've got guys you can run and run past other people or run great routes down the field and come up with big plays. Hunter Renfro had a, had a I thought it was a fabulous game, came up with some great catches. But, you know, then the second leading receiver, you go all the way down to Josh Jacobs, you know, for 38 yards. And so, you know, you need the other players to chip in and, and help move that football down the field. Yeah, no, you really do. And, again, the red zone's been a problem. Stretching the field has been a problem. Uh, just getting the, the offense jump-started for the most part. Outside of that Dallas game, I mean, it's really uh, been a problem. And so, so, Jim, you have a handful of games left. You have five left. They're all AFC games, and you're the leader of the team. What is your message to the locker room to keep everybody together for this final stretch? Well, you know, you know I'm not, I've never been a big talker in the locker room. You know, I, I come up to the guys that, you know, uh, and, you know, we talk a little bit about, you know, getting the job done, make sure you know you're – your job on each and every play, and uh, you know, you just give me time. I'll find somebody down the football field, and I'm sure Derek Carr approaches it the same way. You know, they've got to protect the quarterback, they've got to run their routes, and they've got to find a way to get open. And you know, and you're one team. You got to stick together. You know, sometimes you get a little down, but you know, you just as a quarterback, you know, you're the you're you're the usually on most teams you're the leader, and you got to go out and let them know that you give me the time to throw the football, and I'll get the job done for you. Final question for you. What have you seen this season from the offensive line? Of course, that was a big storyline going into the season, replacing, you know, everyone on the right side, including the center. Uh, what have you seen from them just as far as their growth? Well, you know, I, I think at times they've played exceptionally well, given Derek time to find his receivers down the football field. And, you know, and sometimes they do have problems. You know, they come up against a good pass rushing team. Uh, and Derek, you know, I, I can see why sometimes he does have to dump it off and get rid of the ball. But, you know, they've just got to stand firmer, give the quarterback more protection, and, and Derek will find his guys down, uh, open down the field. And, you know, and I'd like to see more of that, that you know, vertical passing game uh, rather than that uh, lateral passing game. How difficult is it for the quarterback to get custom, or not accustomed to the offensive line and allowing them to gel but then trusting them at the same time? Well, you just got to trust them initially, you know. Uh, and if during the during the course of a game, you know, things break down, the pass rush gets to the quarterback, you know, you know, we all get a little ticked off, and you know, maybe talk to the, <laughs> the lineman in the huddle and say, "Give me time, I'll get a job done for you if you give me the time to throw the football." There it is, right there. That's a great Jim Plunkett. Before I let you go, I I had a tweet from my guy Robert who said uh, I met Jim when I was 11 years old in Fresno at an Ag Breakfast Foundation. I'm 41 now. He's still my favorite Raider ever since that day. Can you tell him I said happy birthday? That's from Robert. Well, thank you very much, Robert. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, Jim, we appreciate you each and every week giving us some of your knowledge and giving us some of your time. Uh, Kansas City's a tough team that they'll be taking on this, uh, this upcoming Sunday, and we'll be talking to you next week, and hopefully we're talking about a win. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks very much. Thank you so much. That's a great Jim Plunkett right there, two-time Super Bowl champ. Robert, I got your birthday shout-out in, in for you, uh, so hopefully uh, you were able to hear that. And uh, always good to hear from him. And, and, and like you, you heard him say multiple times, Got to stop doing so much lateral. It's got to be down the field. You got to get it down the field. He's got to. And if if it's Derek not trusting his offensive line, he's just gonna have to. He's got to get over it. Just just do it. You know. I mean, at some point, you're just gonna have to hang in there. And and you hear that all the time when you watch a game. You'll say you'll hear the commentators say, "Man, that quarterback really hung in there. Knew he was about to take a hit, but he hung in there and slung it down the field. It was a big time throw. Some point, 
he's going to have to do that as well. Many thanks to Jim Plunkett for joining us. 2.44 is the time. Come back. Uh, close out hour number one. That's what we'll do. We won't get into hour number two yet. We'll close out hour number one. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 49 is the time. Got a few minutes left in hour number one of the show. We'll power into hour number two with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and also the Las Vegas Review Journal. He was there in the press box on Sunday, so I know he has a lot of thoughts on what he saw and what the Raiders need to do moving forward as they have a handful of games. Five left. And they're all in the AFC. But I know a lot of folks have some good thoughts as well. Uh, Raider Nation is the best fan base in sports. I always say that. I'll go to my grave and say that. So as you're patiently waiting at 702-365-9200, I want you to know I appreciate you. Let's start out with Steele and Henderson. What's on your mind, my man? How are you doing? Shields up. All right, how about Shields up? You're up next. What's up, my man? Oh, Q, how you doing, brother? Good. How are you? Sorry, I didn't. I got the names wrong. Apologize. No, no, you're fine, man. You're fine, man. Now the topic is: Do we have some tone setters? Correct. Yes, yes. Or who is it? If we, if the Raiders do, then do. who is it? We do. I agree. We do, and we got them on all levels. We got Abrams on the back end. I think Perryman, unfortunately, got hurt. Is in the is on the second level, and definitely Crosby and Gawkway. We have tone setters, but um, the thing is this, the offense, like the great Jim Plunk has said, the vertical game, it's got to happen now. we got to be aggressive, and, um, and that's all, that's all i got to say. I mean, and I'm going to stay positive. Yes, we have some tough AFC games, but if we can eke out double-digit wins, and I think we can, go to 10, get to 10 wins, I think I – think, I think it's gonna. It'd be great. So just let's just stay positive, Raider Nation, and like we said up in Northeast, shields up. Q, take care. Thank you, my man. I appreciate you. Well, you got to go four out of five. You got to win four out of five. If you get that double digits. I mean, you're six and six right now. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough road to travel. But I mean, it's not impossible. Obviously, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs are on a five game winning streak right now. New England Patriots are on a six six game winning streak. It's not impossible. It's just it's a lot of work that the Silver and Black is gonna have to do and. Yes, there's tone setters on the team as far as the guys that you identified. But, our, but the problem is, offensively and defensively, this team is coming out flat every game. Even the defense. And I have no problem with the defense. They allowed 17 points. You should win an NFL game when you only allow 17 points. I'm sorry. You should, only, you should win that game. No doubt about it. But they gave up that first drive. Like, it, was like, it was like me and DeMond were playing defense. They just kind of went through, went through them like it was nothing. Washington just went, marched right up and down the field. <laughs> it's just, it's something. They've got, they've got to do better coming out of the locker room and being locked in when things start. Let's go to Passionate Raider real quick. What's on your mind, my man? Fuck you, man. What's man, up? You played, that intro, you played that intro earlier, man, of, of Tim Brown coming on, man, talking about this Raider Nation is a lifestyle. This is a brotherhood, you know? And when you hear the calls today, of everybody's heart, you know, I'm going to tell you what, Fargo Raider hit my heart today, man, and he had texted me and said, man, I was talking with tears running on my, and I felt that shit. I felt that, man, because. All righty. Remember, we're on the radio, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we are on the radio. Damon, were you able to catch that one? 
Raider Convert, you're up next. Keep it clean. What's on your mind? Q, my man. What's up, hey, brother? Uh, uh, boy, man. Uh, first of all, I love the fact that you tell it straight, man. I love the fact that you uh, stuck your neck down the line and said Rich Versace is not the guy. And, oh, my God, as if on Q, he comes out at that press conference and says, well, if you focus on the results too much, Hello, you're you're in a franchise where the iconic saying is "just win, baby," and you're saying, "Well, we don't really need to focus so much on the results." Oh my God, that might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard a professional in sports, professional sports, ever say out loud. Can you believe he said that? Right. No, I I was pretty amazed when I heard that as well. As you're in a, a results based business. It's just win, baby. The, the, right. the, 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 the guru behind the franchise said it's all about the results. Just win, baby. That's the only thing that matters. Holy exactly. cow. I couldn't believe it. I hear you. I hear you. That was a rough deal. That was a rough deal. And I, I like Rich Versace a lot. I think he's a good guy. Uh, I think that the players love him. But I don't think he's a head coach. I think he's a good special teams coach and a good assistant. There's a lot on people's plates when they're head coaches. Thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Uh, let's hustle up and get to Raider Reggie. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. What's going on, baby boy? Appreciate seeing you Saturday night. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. And DeMond, hey, I told him on, on Twitter, it feel like I've been on that cap forever, bro. I don't know why, but I thought I already met him before. But here's the deal, dude. I, and I'm going to do this again. So most of the time, I love calling in and having an opinion. But if I have to keep repeating myself, I feel like I, I need to back up and let somebody else talk. And I feel like we're going into that, that same little triangle. I get hyped up because they do something good, they let me down. They do something good, I get hyped up, and it's just a circle, man. And it's, it's killing me now. It, it's at a point that, remember, the, maybe you remember the conversation we had at the end of Saturday night, where it was like, how do we know that's what they're going to do? How do we know they're going to come out and play better and all of that? We yep. don't know. Yep. But this Raider Nation fan base, we push and we push and we hope and we hope and we get let down like this. I know myself. I've been doing this for 47-plus years. I'm not going to stop being a Raider fan. But what's going to happen is I'm going to ease up off the expectations because I had to do it before. And I'm going to just let it play out. I don't know what's going to happen, man, but it is possible that the Raiders could get on a tear. How it happens, I don't know. But when you see these teams like uh, the 49ers came out and started winning games. Cincinnati started winning games. Look Washington, Washington. Look at Washington. Look at Washington, yes. And then you look at New England, the most hated team for me right now. They go on a tear, got a rookie QB, and they look like they're unstoppable again. So I know we need to have a culture shakeup, some kind of way. Somebody got to come down with the smackdown and keep everybody accountable. I'm hoping the leadership stands up and do it. But if, at this point, I'm just stepping back. And I'm hoping for the best, man. Raider Nation Unite, I'm looking forward to seeing y'all again when we come back home. Let's see what we can do with these queefs. We got to beat them. If we don't, here 
here we go again. One love, Raider Nation. Stand up. Thank Raider Reggie right there. Appreciate the call, my man. And I understand, man, it's an emotional roller coaster. And uh, a lot of folks are trying to take trying to take a step back. So we definitely appreciate that. 256 is the time. I'm at the Oyo, the hotel, and with the underground lounge preparing for Monday night football. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of the show. Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and also the Las Vegas Review Journal. He'll join us to talk about what he saw in the press box on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.